0: This is CHUO 89.1 FM. Welcome to another discussion on the mosaic. Here, we take a look at current issues and trends in Ottawa through in-depth analysis and discussion. From social justice to music and art, we're covering it all to highlight the voices of our diverse community. Today, from our Cityville archives, we're bringing you a closer look at the history and culture of the Ottawa area. Stick around as CHUO contributors dive deep into the world of Bytown, Beaver Tales, and the Tulip Festival. I'm Lauren Rolston, and we've got all that and more coming up on The Mosaic.
1: Welcome, bienvenue, to Cityville, where we delve into our city, Ottawa,
2: et notre ville, Gatineau,
1: at CHUO,
2: 89.1 FM.
1: Did you know that there are about 200 shawarma places in Ottawa? Whether they're chains or independent, there's a plethora of options around. And while it may seem overwhelming, it's certain you'll be able to get your shawarma fix. Ottawa's first shawarma place, called Marouche, opened in 1984 on Elgin Street. Founded by former dishwasher Mustafa al hajar it brought Lebanese cuisine to popularity in the Ottawa food scene. Marouche was so popular that it even had its own theme song. al Hajar was at the fore of an influx of Lebanese immigrants who arrived in part because of the civil war which began in 1975. Today, Lebanese people make up 2% of the Ottawa population. As an extremely popular dish in Lebanon, it makes sense that shawarma became popular in Ottawa. Now recognized for its late-night accessibility, this wasn't always the case. Marouche actually first grew popular when it extended its hours to 3 a.m., leading to lines around the block. Even though shawarma is a combination of simple ingredients, namely meat roasted on a revolving spit, Each shawarma place brings its own unique twist to the dish, leading to fusions such as the infamous shawarma poutine. No matter what you put in your shawarma, it's sure to fill you up while not emptying your pockets, all while supporting local businesses. If you're interested in knowing more about shawarma and its history in Ottawa, there's even a local documentary available called Shawarma City. Perhaps the best way to learn more, though, is exploring Ottawa's shawarma scene for yourself.
3: Did you know that there's a Cold War-era bunker in Ottawa? The Bunker is an underground bunker named after Prime Minister John Diefenbaker, who ordered its construction in 1959. Four stories underground, the structure covers an area of 100,000 square feet and is buried 75 feet below the surface. Designed in the case of a nuclear assault on Canada, the bunker's function was to hold important officials from the military and government. Located at Canada's Cold War Museum, the Bunker is like a time capsule from the Cold War era. As soon as you step inside, you'll feel like you've been transported back to a simpler time, when people were more worried about nuclear war than climate change. But don't worry, the bunker is designed to withstand a 5 megaton nuclear blast, so you'll be safe from any incoming nukes. Visitors can take a tour of the bunker and learn about its history and the role it played in protecting Canada during the Cold War. The tour includes exhibits on the bunker's construction and design, as well as information on the Cold War and nuclear weapons. One of the highlights of the tour is the decontamination area, where you'll learn how to properly clean off radioactive material. Hint, it involves a lot of scrubbing and probably a change of clothes. But don't worry, you won't actually have to decontaminate yourself, so you can leave your hazmat suit at home. The real star of the show is the underground vault, which is said to be one of the most secure in the world. It's the perfect spot to store your top secret documents, your collection of vintage Cold War era stamps, or just your everyday valuables. You can even partake in an escape room in the bunker. Thursday through Sunday evening, bring your friends to escape the 25,000 square foot floor by finding clues, solving puzzles, and beating the clock, which, luckily, won't trigger any bombs when it reaches zero. The Diefen Bunker is a populous tourist attraction offering a unique and interactive experience that's both educational and fun. So if you're looking for a slightly offbeat attraction, head on over to the Diefen Bunker in Ottawa. It's sure to be a blast,
2: no pun intended. Did you know that here in Canada, December 10th is Human Rights Day? It's true. It's a day that was formed by the United Nations in 1948 in the aftermath of World War II and to battle ongoing colonialism. However, the Canadian government emphasized its importance in 2020 in response to the disproportionate effect that COVID-19 had on racialized communities. The pandemic had revealed the many deep-rooted injustices in Canadian society, and the government was forced to admit that minorities had faced hardships on all levels, but especially systemic, for far too long. In December 2020, the Canadian government introduced a bill to advance the fulfillment of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. This bill was brought about to maintain the universality of the declaration and to recognize it as a human rights instrument that functions with Canadian law. Additionally, it provides a framework for the government to apply the declaration. In past years, the theme has been dignity, freedom, and justice for all. Due to COVID-19, however, there were no in-person events commemorating this day in 2020 and 2021. However, in 2022, communities across Canada will gather for write-a-thons, where people can write letters and sign petitions to support those whose human rights are attacked. The region's capital joined the largest human rights event. Here in Ottawa, Human Rights Day was commemorated at different locations such as the Arlington Five Coffee House and the Human Rights Learning Forum organized by the Ottawa Police Service. This day was organized to remind everyone, but especially Canadians, of the inequalities that exist in our country. It is made to uplift the voices of those oppressed and help bring their obstacles to light so that one day we can live in a society with far less disparities between us or none at all.
0: Did you know there's a connection between one of Ottawa's most iconic buildings and the sinking of the Titanic? The ship famously went down over 110 years ago. If you haven't heard about Chateau Laurier's ties to it at the time, here it is. The visionary behind the elegant Chateau was named Charles Melville Hayes. He wanted to build a transcontinental railway with a few deluxe hotels in major cities. The Chateau was completed in 1912 with steeply pitched copper roofs, towers, and turrets. All it required was some finishing touches, furniture and decor, and a grand opening. Charles Melville Hayes meant to return from London to Ottawa for this, a goal he would not accomplish. His family boarded the Titanic as special guests of the White Star Line chairman. The Titanic sank weeks before Chateau Laurier had its grand opening, taking Hayes and over 1,500 people down with it. A few crates of dining room furniture destined for the hotel never made it either. Hayes' body was recovered and buried in the Mount Royal Cemetery of Montreal. The grand opening was rescheduled and a silent toast was drunk to his memory. Today, looking at the enormous chateau and its 20th century hand-molded plaster decorations, original Tiffany stained glass windows, and walls made of Indiana limestone, feels like stepping back in time. Stories like that of Hayes and the Titanic show the rich history of the city around us. Did you know the 429-room hotel is a designated National Historic Site of Canada? a move to preserve its style and the stories it tells. Did you know that the Canadian Tulip
4: Festival has been held in Ottawa each spring since 1953? The festival serves as a reminder of the long-lasting friendship between the Netherlands and Canada. Their tradition actually comes from World War II, when Ottawa housed the Dutch royal family, whose third daughter was born here in Ottawa. In order for the Dutch princess to be exclusively a Dutch citizen, The Ottawa Civic Hospital was temporarily declared Dutch soil during her birth. The Peace Tower even flew the Dutch flag. As thanks, 100,000 tulip bulbs were sent to Canada. In fact, the Dutch royal family continues to send them every year. The tulip festival was first suggested by Armenian-Canadian photographer Malik Karsh. He is considered to be the founder and was widely recognized for his many contributions to Canada throughout his life. Since the mid-2000s, the festival has aimed to focus on the history and the future of international relationships. The festival is a wonderful way to celebrate these relationships and bring different cultures together. Although Canada has a long way to go, the festival is one way in which Canada shows its dedication to international relationships.
0: Did you know that at the corner of Bank Street and Sunnyside Avenue is the Mayfair Theatre? The building's relaxed exterior fits well with the streetscape. So much so that a first glance might not indicate the rich history of the cinema before you. Dating back to 1932, the Mayfair Theatre opened in the depths of the Great Depression. It's Ottawa's oldest active movie theatre. It maintains its original character on the inside with its lavish decor and Spanish colonial revival style. Such a style was widespread in California during the 1920s. The Mayfair exemplifies this through its ornate plasterwork, faux balconies, and painted ceilings. The theater is one of the few surviving examples of an atmospheric cinema. These types of cinemas are usually attributed to an Austrian-American architect, John Eberson. He started designing theaters in the 1920s and did over 500 in his lifetime. Eberson's idea was to transport the theatergoer to another world, time, and place. The Mayfair Theater brings its attendees to a magical place through its own atmosphere and quality craftsmanship. In 2008, the city designated the theater as a heritage building, citing its ornamental glass windows, facades, and wrought ironwork. The pioneer of theater earned a reputation for showcasing independent, international, and local films, as well as cult classics. For decades now, cinephiles have frequented the theater for its independent film screenings and unique atmosphere.
3: The deep-fried pastries we know and love, and surely one of Canada's signature sweet treats, has been featured in Jeopardy, South Park, and at least 35 marriage proposals. With 150 locations worldwide and 120 topping combinations, BeaverTails pastry has something for everyone, even celebrities like Ed Sheeran, Chris Hadfield, and Barack Obama. But before BeaverTails reached its celeb status, it had some humble beginnings right here in Ottawa. In 1978, Pam and Grant Hooker took their Beaver Tails pastries, originally a recipe passed on from Grant's grandmother, to the Killaloe Fair west of Ottawa and sold them for the first time for only 75 cents a piece. Shortly after, in 1980, the first Beaver Tails stores opened in Ottawa, one at the Rideau Canal and one at the Byward Market. To this day, the Hookers manage Beaver Tails operations in the Ottawa Gatna region. Now a global franchise based in Montreal, Beavertails has locations in the USA, Dubai, France, Japan, and Mexico, but no need to travel to get one of your own. In fact, you can still head down to Byward and pick one up at the original store.
5: Can you imagine a time when women weren't considered people under the law? Well, it was more recent than you probably think. In 1929, Canada's Supreme Court ruled that women couldn't be appointed to the Senate because they weren't considered qualified persons. However, a group of five women from Alberta, now known as the Famous Five, were passionate women who petitioned, fought, and championed many women's rights movements. These women were Irene Parlby, Louise McKinney, Nellie McClung, Emily Murphy, and Henrietta Muir Edwards. When these women heard about this case, they brought it all the way to the highest court in the British Empire and eventually got the ruling reversed, giving women the legal status of persons in the eyes of the law. These women then became figureheads for an entire generation's activism, including early campaigns for women's suffrage. Their contributions to the feminist movement and the development of women's rights were honored in the year 2000 with a bronze statue on Parliament Hill called Women Are Persons. However, because of the construction, the statue was relocated and can now be seen on the Plaza Bridge near the Senate of Canada. Did you know that this statue isn't the only one commemorating the famous five in Canada? There's another statue that can be seen at Olympic Plaza in Calgary, Alberta, which is where I saw the statue for the first time. So if you're ever walking downtown and see the statue, be sure to stop by and pay tribute to these women who fought so hard for the women's rights that we often take for granted.
6: Did you know that there's several different haunted walks in the Ottawa area? Ottawa is said to have some of the most haunted locations in all of Canada. Some of the most iconic haunted walks in Ottawa include the original walk, which consists of the stories of the Bytown Museum, Chateau Laurier, and the Grant House. Another popular haunted walk takes place in one of the most haunted buildings in North America, the Ottawa Jail Hostel, and finally, the Carleton County Jail. Haunted tours take place year-round in the Ottawa area, but walks like the original ones are the most popular in the summer, as they mostly take place outdoors. The most popular indoor haunted walk is at the Ottawa Jail Hostel. Visitors on the haunted walk may experience death row, the cell block, and the final working gallows in Canada. Many can also book a night stay at the haunted jail. Carleton County Jail is another popular destination for haunted walks. Visitors can learn about the escapes, executions, riots, and living conditions that the inmates had to endure. If you are interested in booking a Haunted Walk, you can go to the Haunted Walk Ottawa webpage and see available dates. I think that the Haunted Walks are great for Ottawa. As the nation's capital, it has several stories to tell and countless historic figures, not only in politics, but in Canada's history as a country. It also educates Canadians and gives them an opportunity to experience the history of Canada instead of just reading about it.
7: know that Ottawa wasn't originally the name of our city well today we are gonna go back in time we're gonna go back to 1850 when Ottawa had a different name it's always illuminating to know about our history isn't it well Ottawa was actually named by town after Colonel Bai, who was in charge of the construction of the Rideau Canal. In 1855, it changed to the name of Ottawa. In fact, Ottawa is derived from the Algonquin world, Adawe, which means to trade. This is because the Ottawa River was a trade and transportation route for indigenous people. This started in the 17th century when permanent settlements were established. It's important that we make these name distinctions when we talk about our history. Speaking about history, visiting the Bytown Museum is recommended to learn about the old days of our city. And you know what? It's actually the oldest building in Ottawa. Also, we shouldn't forget about our lovely Bytown Cinema, one of the oldest movie theaters in downtown, famous for its showings of alternative films. You must check it out. Their monthly show calendar comes out the first week of every month.
0: And that's it for our Cityville edition of The Mosaic. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can listen to this episode and previous ones on CHUO.fm. I'm Lauren Rolston, and we'll see you next week.